Rallycross Conversations, chatting all things dogs and running. Join me, Michelle. Me, Louise, as we chat to guests and experts about dogs and running, sometimes whilst we are out running. Welcome to this week's Cross Conversations. This week we have a Cross Stories with Paul, who was introduced to Cross with his dog Aster with Louise. So welcome, Paul. Would you like to introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about Aster? Thank you. Um, yeah, so um, Aster is uh, our rescue dog. From uh, He comes from Mauritius originally. Um, we'll have had him... I have to always have to think about this because it you um you sort of lose track, don't you, of how long and how old dogs are. Um, three three years, I think, this year. Especially with COVID in between. Yeah, I know it's like stalled time for a little bit. Um, yeah. So we got Aster in twenty nineteen, um, just before Christmas. Um, so yeah, a few months before COVID. Um, anyway, so yeah, he came to us from uh, from Mauritius um, via a foster in the uk so um that was quite good we could already meet him before we committed um it's not like sometimes with foreign rescues where you uh, you sort of have to commit before they've left the country um and yes yeah, so he lives with um myself and my partner lucy and how so, so tell us about because he wasn't in a very good state was he to start with when uh, when you got him we, he, well he was fine when you got him but he had been through a bit of a rough time yeah that's right so when he was found by um one of the charities in mauritius um because there's, there's a few out there that help with their um problem with with stray dogs um yeah he was found on the side of the road with a, a big cut all the way around his, his middle just in front of his hips um so had to be uh patched up by um by the the vets out there um, who we're obviously really grateful to because uh, they did a great job um, and apart from a little bit of scarring that you can still see you'd, you'd never know um, no you wouldn't yeah uh, and then yeah he was brought over to the UK um, by, a, by a foster and put up for uh, rehoming and that's how, uh, how we came to get him so, so what prompted the decision to adopt a rescue dog um, we We've got friends that have rescues, um, particularly one of Lucy's close friends has, um, she's had a few um, foreign rescues. Um, and we just, we liked the idea of helping a dog who um, maybe had had a little bit of a difficult time. Um, we probably underestimated what that might bring with it. Um, but we, in a good place in our lives where we don't have kids yet, so we can dedicate the time that we need to to um helping a dog that may um have a few difficulties um and yeah we decided we'd been thinking about getting a dog for a while um i was a bit apprehensive because we both work full-time um and i didn't really feel like it was fair um to have a dog that was then going to be at home um on its by itself for, for the majority of the time but um other friends with dogs just sort of said you know just get on with it they um they can fit around you um uh and yeah you uh, you'll just sort of deal with it as it, as it comes so yeah that was how we ended up with Asta. what was the process of getting him then he so he it was a it was a slightly different situation to to usual the charity didn't actually bring him over they helped but it was a private um foster who had seen him um 
I think she'd been on holiday in Mauritius. It was something like that, um, and brought her out, brought him over um, with help from the charity. But he was up for adoption um, privately. Um, yeah, so we saw him advertised and, and went to meet him, and um, yeah, fell in love with him and, and had to have him. But but yeah, I, I know you sort of say that he was. But how was he advertised? What was his? Uh... So, Lucy found him, and he was advertised as being um, a great family dog, um, good with other dogs, kids, um, basically all round good boy, no problems. Um, and yeah, it sort of transpired um, that he did have a few issues, so he's reactive. Um, mainly with dogs, but also with people, um, and uh, yeah. So we uh, we sort of took that on as well, which is yeah, quite. But as you as you know, Michelle, it's uh, with rescue dogs, it's really difficult, isn't it? Yeah, we have a very reactive dog. It's hard to know how she's going to react, and it all depends on the person. Like sometimes men, particularly wearing hats, she's very reactive towards. No, really, um, doesn't like that. No, it's it's strange. And some dogs she's fine with. Some dogs she will get the first bark in to tell them to back off. Um, yeah, I don't know how how is Aster around people like that. Is he predictable? Is he? No, that's the know. worst part of it. It's the um, yeah, it's a complete roll of the dice. It's a bit like he just wakes up one day and besides do you know what i don't like other dogs <laughs> and yeah. yeah that can be that's that's the, the sort of frustrating bit um that you uh yeah it's the unpredictability i think um that's the sort of hardest to deal with it would be nice if there was a guarantee that you know if you saw another dog you'd be like right it's such and such he'll be fine um but yeah it's a, it can be a bit of a roll of the dice but that's what we're um we're working with so we um through one of your other podcasts actually we heard about hannah from yeah. dog meets dog um, yeah and she did the one on reactive dogs didn't she which yeah. a really interesting episode yeah. that yeah, yeah it was in the uh, in the show notes yeah so i got lucy to listen to that as well um and we both found it really interesting um she clearly um knows what she's talking about um so we we got in touch um via a vet referral um and i've had a few sessions with her now um, and that to us is all um, our motivation for that is just to understand a little bit better what Asta's feeling and why he's reacting the way he does, um, because it is likely with him, we think, um, that it comes from him being stressed in certain situations. And um, we just want to avoid that, really. And, and he, we want him to be relaxed and happy and um, not, not particularly stressed. <laughs> And it's interesting because he's got to know me, hasn't he? Um, yeah. well, he loves pickle. So yeah, he does. <laughs> Drags across when they pick <laughs> each other. Um, but he, he, but he, he, I don't go to him, actually, do I? I don't, I, I, you know, obviously Paul's told me what I can and can't do. But usually at the end of one of our canny crosses, I have a Skinner's bar or something with me, which he absolutely loves. So he's there with his paw on my leg going, come on, come on. <laughs> yeah, he knows how to be cute when it's, uh, yeah, yeah when he it needs to be. Yeah. yeah. So I kind, of, I kind of love that, that, you know, knowing his background, that I have a sort of, not a relationship, but you know what I mean? He, he well, knows who I am and he feels, I think he feels safe, doesn't he? Yeah, that's it. And that that is what we found, actually, is most dogs he does like eventually. And the same with people. 
just takes him a while to get used to them. I think he just, um, yeah, he, his default stance, and I don't know if this comes from him being a street dog, his background, or, or if it's just the way he is, um, but if he doesn't know you or know the dog, his, uh, his default stance is, I, I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, it's best to just take a bit of time with him. And but is that any different from humans? Probably not, really, I don't think. Um, we, yeah. It's like you were saying earlier, um, Michelle, it's like, you know, the default for people when they see a dog is to go in with a hand on top, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And to say, oh, cute dog, when actually, you know, that's the same as me coming up to someone giving them a hug, I don't know. It's like, exactly, yeah. What's the difference? <laughs> yeah, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because it is kind of universally recognised as the, the way to greet a dog, to put your hand out and let them sniff you. But yeah, Asta hates it. Is uh, as soon as somebody does that that he doesn't know, his ears pinned back and he like pulls back and yeah, um, hates everything about it. He uh, his his way. If he's comfortable with you, he he'll kind of sidle up to you and let you scratch his back. That's that's where he's comfortable. Oh, this do you know this sounds exactly like Poppy. Honestly, <laughs> our two dogs need to have a chat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so <not>. similar. <laughs> I think sometimes we need to advocate for our dogs though don't we before people come up to us and just say look she's you know they're they're reactive don't approach them well it's it's interesting I mean you're fairly laid back with it Paul but sometimes when we're out canny crossing we 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 go on this track we one of the regular runs we do is a farm track and there's always people walking their dogs there isn't there and I usually run on ahead and sort of say reactive dog coming reactive dog coming because (laughs) and the people I do it because people look at you and like well and they're like can you put your dog on your lead or something like that because they just don't get it I think sometimes I mean we know that because we've had lots of people on talking about it but yeah I th- people don't get it do they and you know some of the scenarios and we you know we've had a few when we've been out Paul but you know people are sort of got all grumpy and it's like well we told you <laughs> yeah and I, I sympathize because until you've been in the situation people just don't know it's, you know it's a bit like having well anybody that has um trouble with anything really um until you've lived with it you don't really know do you so um i do i sympathize to a to a degree um so that's why we kind of do everything we can like when we're walking in we have a, a sign on his lead um that says it says something like no no dogs allowed or something i can't remember um nervous dog <laughs> yeah things like that um and if we're somewhere where there's off lead dogs we'll we'll call them to um you know recall their dogs or put them on the lead do all that sort of stuff um and you know most of the time it's fine um yeah so canny cross which is why we're here (laughs) (laughs) how did you get into it paul (laughs) so i i started running anyway um a couple of years ago (laughs) yeah so that was that was how i came to to be running was we'd We'd gone on holiday. We had, we'd had Asta for a few months at this point. And I sort of thought, oh, I could run with, with the dog. Maybe that's something I can do. Um, and we'd gone on holiday to see my sister um, and her um, husband and kids. They live in Dubai. Um, and I had a cycling trip coming up a few months or a month or so after. So this was sort of February-ish, 2020, right before COVID. Um, and I thought, oh, I can't go away for two weeks and do no training. Um, and John, my brother-in-law, does uh, a bit of triathlon and marathon running. So I was like, oh, I'll just take some, I've got some odd running shoes somewhere, chuck them in the suitcase, and I'll just join John on a few runs. 
So I did and uh, sort of carried on running when I came home. And I did a bit of running with Asta um, through that year in the summer. Um, and how did you I, do that? Uh, yeah, so we, um, we had that sort of stereotypical, I think probably from Pets at Home, lead that just like a belt oh, yeah, that goes around. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's all very familiar, isn't it? Yeah. Because everything, so I, uh, everything you read online, you know, you Google running with a dog. And while canny crossing might come up, you don't really know what it is. So you don't necessarily know to, to like click on it and, and read about it. All, all I read was that, um, you know, to run with your dog, A, they have to be able to walk well on the lead, which Asta didn't at the time at all. Um, and yeah, they want to run nicely next to you. Um, and that, that was a bit of a problem with Asta because he, he wasn't really like that. <laughs> he, uh, he liked to run out ahead. So um oh looking back on it it's awful i used to do really long runs with him um we'd go out for like an hour and a half because wow. he uh because he'd in my head at the time he was a nightmare for the first few k all he'd do is run ahead and <laughs> wouldn't run nicely so i had to do these long runs to tire him out and it, yeah it's awful looking back the things that you do when you don't know um you know like i used to run with him in the evenings in like june and july and it would have been far too hot um luckily he was fine um but yeah when you when you don't know you you uh you just don't know what's best do you you're completely unaware and i don't know about you but i just think actually that that makes this podcast and and all the other things we do in canicos so much more important doesn't it because definitely it, we do have to get that out there and yeah the, the problem is because we're so into it that we kind of think, you know, it's like when I teach Pilates, I have to really think about taking it down to base level because I'm like, well, people know that, don't they? Um, but, yeah, I, f- I find that really difficult. So, yeah, we have to keep – and that's brilliant that you're like, actually, I just didn't know. And, and Google yeah. didn't really show you all that either. It didn't. And it wasn't until I was um, – it was actually a cycling um, a, a cycling YouTuber um, that did this uh, – he did a video on Candy Cross because somebody – he had dogs, somebody he knew. Um, canny cross so he did a video on it and I was like hang on what's this and uh, I really remember talking to Lucy I was like oh there's this sport where the dog's supposed to run out front supposed to pull I was like has to be brilliant um, <laughs> and then uh, and then she said oh yeah there's a lady in Harper that does it she follows him on Instagram um, and that turned out to be Louise who <laughs> don't say it like that yeah but then I worked out that oh I know Louise's husband I cycle with him um so yeah that was uh that was kind of how i sort of found canny cross it was a bit of an accident really and i can't even remember when we did our session was it during covid when we were allowed to do it or was it yeah it was it was just after i'd moved so it was last year oh yeah it was yeah so i i was running with him quite regularly through winter of 20 um yeah back into 2020 um still with this um with improper equipment i guess you could call it um yeah, just just plodding around with him. I wasn't doing too much. We weren't we weren't running often. Um, and then yeah, it sort of I actually got into it as suppose as Candy Cross after the taster session with you, Louise, and um, yeah, bought ourselves a load of kit. And uh, that was it. And now we live um, out in the countryside. Um, we moved to a village. It's um, it's just it's just nicer to run with him through fields than walk mm-hmm. um, because. Besides his reactivity, he also has a really strong prey drive, um, which you know a bit about, Louise. Yes. (laughs) 
so uh, oh. yeah, yeah. yeah excellent so yeah walking with him through fields just wasn't really that much fun um he was just pulling and, and wanted to go and find things and chase things and he um we we don't let him off the lead um in uh well in public basically because a one we can't trust him with um with reactivity and b's he's got quite good recall we've trained his recall um but again could be a street dog thing he's just too independent he he decides what he wants to do um and he knows to come back and if he wants to he will but if there's something more exciting which is anything alive and furry um he won't he'll he and he will um he'll chase until he he uh, either can't find it or he's got it um all sounds so familiar yeah we were so we used to let him off this is awful again looking back when we first had him we lived near um near the leisure center um near where we live and and that's a really common dog walking spot and we'd let him off there and um a couple of times he'd just go missing um and he'd be gone for half an hour off into the fields um and yeah so we decided we can't do that anymore it's not responsible as dog owners to uh yeah let him let him loose no, it's reassuring to hear you say that. I've, I've been told a few times by people that it's mean to not let my dog off the lead. Yeah. Actually, it's, it's being a responsible owner, isn't it? I mean, who wants to spend 30, 45 minutes looking for a dog and potentially oh, yeah. it's bothering others or chasing animals? Yeah, exactly. Or hit yeah. by a car. You know, he could, yeah. he, it's safer, actually, from mm-hmm. his perspective to not let him off. Um, yeah, we've had the same. We have people say, oh, you know. They just want to be off the lead and playing with other dogs, don't they? We kind of think, I don't know if he does. I'm not sure he really walks around thinking, <laughs> oh, I wish I was off the lead playing with that other dog over there. Um, he loves running. He uh, he really enjoys it when we, we, we can he cross. Um, and yeah, it's, it's to be honest, <laughs> nicer to, uh, to run with him through fields than walk with him. Yeah, and I'm totally with you on that. Totally yeah. with you. But what, so what has Canicross done for Asta? Um, it's, it's a really good way of him being around other dogs and it being a positive experience. The, um, I think what we've, what we've learned with reactivity is it might, it might never get better, but we can learn how to manage it better. So Canny Cross being an environment where all dogs are on leads, they're not really bothered about what each other's doing. Um, they've all got a job to do, mm. so they're not bothering each other. And, and we, the, the the races that we've been to um, are really exciting, um, quite overwhelming for for dogs, especially ones that are nervous. But they they're just a, a positive experience, and that's what we've we've learned from Hannah, and we've done a couple of group sessions with her now. Um, and Lucy sometimes struggles a little bit because she's like, well, Hannah hasn't seen him react. She doesn't know what he's like, but that's the idea is it's just banking another experience with dogs that went well. And it's just, it's, it's, yeah, building those up so that, um, hopefully at some point he, he just sort of learns that, um, that's what experiences with dogs are like. Um, yeah. And he does, he, he runs, I mean, when Pickle and him are out, they just run side by side. I mean, literally, he, he gravita- gravitates towards her, doesn't he? Yeah, he loves Pickle. 
lovely. He loves all the dogs. Oh, he's got a few doggy buddies now. Oh. Um, and yeah, he loves them all. He, he, uh, yeah, when he gets to know a dog, he, he really loves them. And the fact that they're running together, I, I think, is just, and as you say, they're all running the same way. And we've been out in big packs together, haven't we, with, you know, when we've done our social runs, and he's been absolutely fine with it. Yeah, he's had a couple of a couple of times where he's he's taken a disliking, but looking back, that was a, a lot of the time is how I've managed the situation and not managed it properly. Um, you know, so um, it's it's not always his fault. Yeah, I think Hannah talked a little bit about that in her podcast with us, didn't she? About not getting too close, just kind of watching the dog and making sure we give them space in a pack run. Um, yeah quite important yeah and that's um yeah and that's uh, again things with hannah is, is just learning to read him better so you know if we're if we're out running and there's other dogs up ahead he'll he'll slow down and that's just because he needs a little bit more time that you know that gap's closing between him and the other dogs quickly mm-hmm. um so it's just about giving him a bit of time to go at his own pace probably have a little sniff de-stress maybe for a wee, a wee. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, and kind of, I'm like, come on, why don't you speed up? We can get past them, and then they're gone. But that's not how he thinks, oh. is it? He, uh, yeah, he wants to slow down and and just not close that gap too quickly. But you had last time, uh, was it a canic chase? Or because you do the canic cross Midlands uh, series, yeah. You've done most of them this year, haven't you? Done loads. Um, three, yeah. Did, did was it? There was one. I remember you coming back and saying you had a really good experience with Asta when waiting because as you said it's really overwhelming so michelle i say this every time yeah well i'm really interested to hear about your experience with racing with asta paul because this is what puts me off racing because you know asta sounds exactly like poppy with his reactivity you never quite know how he's going to be i can't put her in busy environments like park run is a was a no-no before they kind of banned canning cross anyway um because she was just too excitable so how has it been taking a a reactive dog to a race. I'm really interested to hear. Yeah, they're um they're really good. I mean, we've only done the Canny Cross Midlands, um, so we did three of them last season. Um, and like I say, all the the dogs, um, it is quite exciting and overwhelming. But I think that sort of helps with it a little bit because you know you turn up and Asta obviously must be able to pick up that there's all the other dogs there are excited. They're there for something good. Um, so I don't know if that's the first thing that he's picking up on. Um, and then secondly, we, um, we'll just go for a warm up, try and go somewhere quieter. Um, so sort of away from, um, the other dogs, which you're going to try and do anyway, really, aren't you? Um, you're not going to be trying to run around people to warm up. Um, and then the other great thing about Candy Cross is it's, well, at least these, I think some are, are mass starts, aren't they? But certainly the um canny cross midland series isn't there uh their time starts so and, and sort of individual um starts so you'll never really need to be that close to uh to other dogs and we turn up right at the last minute we don't stand in queue um in fact we were late the last one um i've been running around the field with him trying to get him to go to the toilet because he he loves nothing more than about 500 meters into a race to stop and uh yeah decides he needs a poo <laughs> um so yeah i've been running around and i was like right we've got literally two minutes you've not been we're gonna have to go and he uh he decided to do two then on our way to the start line so we were late luckily we were the last runner 
um, of that category. So um, they uh, they gave us a new start time there and then, and and off we went. Um, but yeah, you, um, I, I would say just go and, and try it. There, it um, there's lots of dogs like that at Canny Cross events. It it seems to sort of attract um, those sorts of dogs because it's like I say, it's a really good environment where dogs are all under control. They're all kind of minding their own business. Um, and I, what was I going to say? There's lots of space around it. Yeah, there is, there's space. And, and <clears throat> I think, I don't know about, about you, Michelle, but you, um, with, with Asta, you, we can't just take him to the park, throw a ball and let him off to run around. So you end up looking for other things to do because we don't just want to take him on the same walk up and down the road each day. You know, we want to give his life a bit of variety and, and do interesting things with him. Um, so this is just quite a good thing that we know he can do without, um, yeah, getting bothered by other dogs. So, um, yeah, particularly um, the last two. So the, the first race we did was at Marston because it's literally down the road. Um, and he was a little bit, didn't really know what it was, but it was all quite exciting. Um, but when we pulled up to Canuck, he was crying in the boot and pouring the boot to try and get out. Um, he, uh, I think he knows now what the races are. Yeah, and uh, I, yeah, and I think as you say, the excitement that they're hearing is um, a big thing. But but tell me, how competitive are you, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a little bit competitive with this, um, which is strange because Asta, as good as he is, he's quite small. Um, he's only 17, 18 kilos, and we we're never going to be particularly competitive. Um, but. I think we can do better than what we have done. I had really, um, I had grand plans this summer to really work on his direction cues because we're definitely losing time there. Um, and started just little things like harness aversion. That was a good episode, actually. Um, I liked that one. So yeah, over the summer we were going to work on work on that because he doesn't love putting his harness on. He's fine once he's in it. Um, I just think he, yeah. I'm going to just butt in there because actually uh, Pickle, who said my son's name then, Pickle um, didn't like putting a harness on mm. and used to, and I, I, I'm sure I've told you this before, but he used to lift up one leg when I did, but there was no sensitivity there that we could see of. She now has physio, my dog has physio, for, um, for various reasons, but what they found, and, and I'm just, because this is quite interesting, they're sports dogs now, aren't they? We If mm. we're... If we're um, you know, got something wrong with us, we'll go to a physio or, or whatever. But what the vet physio found was um, a, a tightness in her, in uh, just under her arm. Oh, wow. And she sorted that out now. And, you know, she'll put her harness on without any sort of worry now. Um, so it's, it's quite interesting. I think the more we do with them, you know, that we need to start thinking about their upkeep. But that's going to be another episode at some point. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, it might be worth, something worth just having him check to see his balance. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we drum on about, you know, making sure that we're evenly and equally balanced and strong all, all the way through. So yeah, it might be something to do with that. Yeah, I think he um, it could be. We also take his, um, we take his collar off at night. Um, yeah, they put him in his pajamas, um, <laughs> and he—he'll—you uh, sort of—he doesn't look happy about having his collar put on in the morning. I just don't think he likes wearing stuff. It's, you, know, you know, 
so yeah putting a harness on him it's just that initial bit of getting it over his head he like puts his head down and looks very sorry for himself he pulls full rescue dog pose um yeah and but once it's on he's fine he uh yeah he's, yeah, he's all right because they know what they're going to do yeah but, but paul uh what, so we go back to you being competitive um and uh, wanting to do better this next season which uh, which i'm sure you will because i know you've been doing some stuff um but what what's your other plan in the long run so i really want to get a new, another dog which is sounds awful doesn't it i don't want to replace Asta. He, and i will i will always take him and run with him um at events um i just can put less pressure on him um but just trick- yourself. yeah exactly <laughs> um it's just not the right time yet um you know what, he, what's your plan what would you like what's your dream so i would get um, some sort of euro hound um yeah maybe like a nice um nice Vizsla or something to uh to go with him um and be actually competitive um yeah that's the that's the uh the long run and i've got lucy she's uh she's now joined uh canny sports um dogs for rehoming facebook group so that's planted the seed um yeah and we'll see we just have to be careful we, you know that asta he's, he's probably quite used now to being the only dog um so we'd have to be careful what dog we got and how they're introduced and again it, you know while we're while we're at work he's fine being at home on his own I, I wouldn't want to leave him with another dog um straight away obviously you know that we'd need some time to integrate integrate them so um yeah not not just yet um maybe uh next year yeah, maybe in the future yeah yeah so our plan this season is to do every every candy cross midlands round try and do both days and actually um see if we can compete in the series um which i think you will yeah we we're gonna do this he's definitely a short course dog he um and this is probably just from lack of training with uh that we do but um 3k is, is really good for him um he'll he'll run a 5k but he um he slows down doesn't yeah he? he slows down he gets bored um i think he hasn't got that drive to just keep running as fast as he can um and also the men's short course is uh is really not a well um <laughs> attended series so well, it will be now paul <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know you can only race who turns up can't you so if no one else arrives then we'll get first <laughs> not competitive at all i <laughs> know <laughs> i think that's uh i think i think you will but it's really interesting i mean when you told me that you were starting to think about you know in the future and yeah. so many people and, and you know i was at goodworth and um i was speaking to some guy there and he had his old dog there he was a sort of pet dog and then he had his euro hand and it was like oh right i see i see the pattern now yeah yeah i don't think that'll happen with me and pickle but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah it's quite interesting and and basically that's how everyone tends to start out i think you yeah. know get into candy cross have that experience and then love it so um yeah Definitely. What about you? You see now, Michelle, do you feel a bit better about giving racing a go? But it's really reassuring to hear, actually. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I said to you, if I can find somewhere nearby, and I think there is there is some racing ha- that happens at Delamere, which isn't too far from me. So I'm going to have a look. Yeah, no, I, do. I, think, I think I see what I can find. I think, I think Poppy will be the same as Asta. She's a we call her the pocket rocket um because she's she's got the speed but she doesn't really have the endurance so yeah 
she'll be good on on the shorter courses i think yeah the other good thing about the races as well is you get such a mix of of abilities and people um you know well we've we've run with a with a few people haven't we michelle that are oh, we're not fast enough to race that sort of thing but you um are, it's really not a problem you you get such a, a mix and i think because it's still um it's quite a niche sport really isn't it yeah. um you know you can turn up and there'll be people doing sub 15 minute 5ks and people doing 40 minute 5k you know it it's uh it's a really wide spectrum of people that that take part and it's it's just a good atmosphere and it's a it's a nice morning out with the dog and um it's not everybody takes it competitively i think is the uh is the key um, thing <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah. watch this space because louise is not going to stop pestering me about it are you until i try one at least uh, every podcast <laughs> that racing comes out yeah. i mention it so uh yeah she, she's gonna do it she's definitely gonna do so quick questions what harness do you use for um Aster and why um the non-stop free motion um he's a really odd shape is Aster. um he's kind of he's quite tall uh well not tall he's he's shorter than pickle isn't he but he's yeah. he's all sort of legs and um quite a deep chest um so yeah harness to fit him we, we we started off with the um the dog fit um one um and it was fine i thought it was okay um until we did our first race and i was horrified to see the the middle bit of the front had like tucked up under his armpit when he's pulling just because of the shape of him um and that you know that's something to to consider isn't it and, and spend a little bit of time and, and talk to people that know what they're doing is, is to get the right harness for your dog um because that you know you, you it's really tempting i think isn't it when you've um when you're not sure about a sport or you've not done it before just to um get whatever you can to give it a go um and that's why stuff like the taster sessions that you guys do are, are good because it gives you an opportunity to try on proper kit and see what works for the dog um so yeah it's really adjustable the non-stop um so yeah that's why we got it and it just seems to work for him he does he seems to pull better in it as well doesn't he yeah he seems to um it just just fits him nicely it sort of comes down to that really and what trail shoes do you wear because we always forget we we spend so much on our dogs yeah best, don't we yeah so i um my i well, not anyway <laughs> yeah i know i get quite into stuff like equipment and kit yeah. same with my bikes um so scott um uh what are they called i'll have to check strava um you've got the innovate ones haven't you yeah so i started off um uh with scott super tracks um just because they're like gore-tex and, and grippy and they're a kind of a good sort of all-round um trail shoe um but then i um i had some innovate trail rocks anyway for sort of summer um trail running on my own they're they're not very aggressive they're you know good for sort of gravel and and um not particularly technical stuff um and i, I sort of preferred running in those to the scots so then i got some um innovate x talon um g212s <laughs> the full name um just to have something a little bit lighter and a bit more nimble for um for canny crossing and and well racing in particular um but now i just wear them all the time yeah i know <laughs> they're um, i got quite narrow feet so they um they work quite well with my feet um 
you uh yeah i didn't like the the scots can sometimes be a little bit um feel a bit cumbersome i think particularly like running downhill um whereas the 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 innovates i got were yeah they're really light and they they just sort of hug your foot and um again though much like harnesses isn't it it's quite specific to to your foot and what you like no, and I think, and I also think it's really important. I don't know about you, Michelle, but when you get people to tasters, I it, trail shoes are really important for canny crossing. Yeah, to give you that extra grip, if nothing else. Um, yeah, especially in in mud and, and grass and stuff. You you um you need grip, or else you're just going to yeah. get slide around and and uh, I mean just just running in general. Forget the dog. Um, try and <laughs> run off road in the winter through mud. Um, not in trail shoes and you know particularly um uk um trail running it's a lot of it's across fields and uh yeah it can get quite slippy can't it yeah it can be a bit like skiing sometimes <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, you've got the right shoe yeah. <laughs> brilliant excellent have you got anything else you want to ask uh michelle no it's been fantastic talking to you it's, it's made me realize that poppy might have a crack at racing after all so <laughs> yeah. you yeah, definitely really should nice chatting to you yeah brilliant well thank you so much paul and asta i know he's around somewhere um, hi asta um and thank you so much for listening to this week's canny cross conversations i really hope you've enjoyed it do let us know um in the um in the comments below or um do leave us a review we'd love to hear what you're thinking about our canny cross uh, conversations podcast don't forget to share it subscribe and we'll see you on the next episode Bye.